on you can't keep it unless you give it away. Uh, my name is Meg. I'm a compulsive overeater and your speaker for this meeting. Hi, Hi everybody. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Um, Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic equipment be turned off. Even if you think it's off, please make sure. This session is being recorded. All participants are required to sign the release form. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Please remember OA members affiliated with related facilities or other 12-step programs are requested to speak on their recovery in the OA program only. An Ask It Basket will be circulated for the questions and answer portion of the session. Um, There's a few pieces of paper in there, and if you have more, can somebody just tear out a piece of paper for it? Okay. Um, If there is any press in this room, please respect our anonymity by not talking, not talking, (laughs) not taking any pictures using a video camera or using our full names. The format for this session is as follows. I will share for 25 minutes, followed by questions and answers for five minutes, followed by open sharing. And Ask a Basket will be passed around. Please place your questions in the basket for our speaker. (laughs) The topic for this session is you can't keep it unless you give it away. The speaker for this session is me. Meg, and I'll pass the basket. Uh, I'm Meg. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, briefly about my story, I'm, I have been a compulsive overeater all my life. My family were big, big eaters. My, um, my mom caught me when I was this high. I don't know how old I was, but I was pretty young, and I was dressed in my robe, and I was looking through the cupboards that I could get to. And she just went, oh! And it, I looked just like my grandmother, only a shorter person, and my grandmother, her mother-in-law, would come and uh, check the cupboards to see if my grandma was, if my mom was a good housekeeper, and um, I was checking for food. (laughs) Um, As I said, we were all big eaters. I had an older brother. Uh, He was not quite normal. He was emotionally unstable, and so he, he he would, you know, get flare up and get excited or upset about things really easily. So at the dinner table, um, my mom would, um, my mom and dad were on alert to, to control him. Um, 
my mom would talk a lot, my brother would talk a lot, and my dad would get a word in edgewise, and I sensed there was something going on. I didn't know what, and that nobody was talking about, and I was hungry, so I just ate. And uh, to this day, um, that's a big trigger for me. When I'm in a group and there's something going on, I, I can sense it, but I don't know what it is. And um, it's like an elephant in the room for, or something that nobody's talking about. And all I want to do is eat. I get, it, it, I get really hungry, and it takes a lot of effort for me to say, oh, okay, <laughs> maybe there's this other stuff that's triggering me, not that I really am hungry. So um, also at the dinner table, we would always have seconds. And um, if we were really hungry, we'd have thirds. And then if we were really hungry, we'd have fourths. And then there'd be maybe something left on the platter, and Mom would say, who would like to finish this off? Usually it was my brother. Um, he, we called him fondly Garbage Pail. And um, I don't think... He thought it was fondly, but I don't know. Uh, and I thought, well, this was, you know, what you did. When I, uh, I was always a big kid, and I was teased in grade school. I was called Margaret the Target or Hershey Bar, and um, I was shy, and so I would get into um, academics and sports. That's, you know, that seemed to be the only way that I could be, feel okay about myself. Um, uh, let's see. So my mom was always on a diet, and my dad's weight just sort of stayed where it was. My brother got um, really heavy, and... Um, he died of this disease, I think, at 45. He had colon cancer, but uh, it, he was, it was this disease, too. Um, uh, my parents are gone, too, so I'm the only one left in my family. Um, makes me sad. I don't have kids. I have a couple of stepkids and a couple of grandsons from them. And... Um, but uh, my mom always wanted to have grandchildren, and she tried to uh, adopt the kids that were the stepkids, and each of them did something horrendous in her eyes, and she just sort of wrote them off. And um, it's really sad because uh, even in her in her will, <laughs> she she made sure that they weren't going to get anything <laughs> from whatever I got from her. Um, uh, my stepson was uh, a real rabble-rouser, and um, he, he and I were just like button heads all the time. And I remember one time he was in the living room, and I was in the kitchen stuffing my anger down, trying to calm down so that I could talk to him without biting his head off. And um, that's what I did with food. Controlled my feelings. Um, 
and uh, hid my food. Um, my weight, uh, I was, I went on diets too, so that my major story is going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, a little more up, a little more up, a little more up. Um, and um, after my last diet, well, let's see, I should, should tell you one more story. Um, I was a, um, see, I was in graduate school. And I would spend a lot of time at the university late at night. And then on my way home, I would stop at the convenience store, get something really, usually something sweet, sometimes something salty. But I would eat it all before I got home. And then I'd hide the wrappers in the bottom of the garbage. So my, first of all, I didn't want to share it with my roommate. And I didn't want her to know that I ate that stuff. So that's kind of... A lot. Uh, oh, and then the other, my last sugar binge was Thanksgiving uh, 1989. I got into OA in October, beginning of October in 89. And um, I got there because at my last weight loss program, I got down to my weight. And, and then I found myself right back into the food standing in front of the refrigerator with a refrigerator door open, and the only light in the room was the refrigerator light. And I always took out a jar of sweet stuff, and I was just spooning it in, and I said, there's something wrong here. (laughs) (laughs) And um, uh, the leader of the last weight loss program said that 12-step programs would continue what he was trying to teach, and I said, guess I got to go to OA. And I got to a meeting the next day, and I'm really grateful. Uh, I live in Santa Cruz, and this was a week before the earthquake in 89. And um, I was so grateful to have found the fellowship and had somewhere to go to be with a group, and every all of us would, you know, startle and look for the exit when something would shake the building, like even a truck going by. And and I said, oh, I'm, I'm not crazy. This is, this, everybody else is doing that, too. So I learned, I was just desperate about, I couldn't gain the weight back again. Um, and so I got to a meeting, and, uh, and, I, and I, they told me to go to other meetings to try different meetings, because the first meeting I went to was a little strange to me. There were people my age now, but this was 24 years ago, so I was much younger than them, and uh, it was a small meeting. It was in uh, the DMV in a little room off to the side. It was just like, okay, and then they were just, they were, it was a big book study, so they were reading out of this book with 30s languages about alcoholics, and, and, uh, and then also the Secretary of the meeting was wearing 50s clothes. They were her clothes that she had since the 50s. <laughs> she was still wearing them. And um, I thought I had, you know, did a time warp or something. I was in, but there was something there that I really felt that was something there for me. Thank you. And, um, and it was the love and understanding that we get. At, at these meetings, but I didn't know what it was. I just knew there was something for me, and a woman took me. Oh, 
there was one more thing. There was a young man who came to the meeting late, and he said, this is my third meeting of the day, and I'll probably go to another one. And that meeting was at noon. And I thought, my God, what is this? This is really a crazy group. All right, well, anyway, um, the woman took me aside and said, you know, try other meetings. They're not all the same. See if you can find ones that you like. And I'm so glad she said that. Um, so I did, and I found several that I liked. And I, I went back to that meeting, too. But um, uh, at one of the meetings, uh, the uh, a woman gave me her, her um, phone number her name and phone number, and it just happened that the week before they'd had a sponsorship workshop, so that you know she was just primed to help somebody. So that's part of giving it away. It's being a sponsor, but anyway. So I lost it. I I lost her paper. I, she wasn't back at the meeting, and then there were other people with her name on the list, and I didn't want to call the wrong one. So <laughs> so eventually, I did get in touch with her. She was half my age and she taught me how to do the steps. And I'm so grateful for her. Um, I remember we, we sat out on, on the um, overlooking the ocean and we were sitting on the cliff overlo overlooking the ocean on a bench and she was going through how to do step one and write out my story and all that and I was hungry and I couldn't I, I was embarrassed to tell her. It, it, um, that was, you know, me hiding my food stuff in any way. But um, so I did get, uh, I was crazy around food, and I, it was Halloween time, and I said, I was talking to her, and I said, uh, I have to, um, I can't do what people were saying they're doing. I can't do three meals a day because I'm hypoglycemic. I can't, I can't do anything that's like a diet because that's my history and it just throws me in a tailspin. Um, and I can't do da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And I went on and on and on. And finally she got a word in and she said, well, what can you do just for today? I'm so glad she said that. Well, it just calmed me down and... Um, I picked one thing. There was something sweet on my desk, and I said, I'll ha I won't have one of those. And she said, yeah, that's fine. I can have them tomorrow, right? She said, yeah, it's just for today. And that message to me was profound because the next day I came back, and there they were. They were still on my desk, and I thought, wow, I did it. Well, I did finish those eventually, but uh, I got that. It's one day at a time, just one thing, and it changes things. So, um, uh, so this is, these are gifts from my sponsor. Um, I was working on my four step, and I was everything was getting squirrely. And she she, um, she said, "Well, can you write for f fifteen minutes?" And I said, "No, even in fifteen minutes, I'll get in that deep dark hole and not come out." And she said well, how about five? And I said, okay, I can do five. And she said, get a timer. And I said, well, I know what five is. And she said, no, you need a timer to tell you when to stop. And that helped me. Um, I learned from working the four-step that I can um, just do um, a little bit, chip away at things a little bit at a time.
Oh, I was going to say my sugar, my last sugar binge, Thanksgiving, at my mother-in-law's. She had sweet stuff and all kinds of other kinds of stuff and little dishes all around the house. Uh, I was picking at those, and then we had the meal, and I'd say, you done? I'll take your dish. And I went in back in the kitchen and would chip, you know, eat, 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 whatever was around, and then... Um, you want some dessert? I'll get you some dessert. I cut a slice for you and cut a little slice for me. Eat it. Cut another slice for me and go back. Well, the next morning I felt um, suicidal, and I got that that's what sugar does for me. And ever since then, I've not had sugar. So that's over 24 years, and I've also maintained a healthy body weight for 24 years. So I am grateful, grateful, grateful. Um, So... Um, there was something I was going to read from here. Um, I can't find it. Okay, maybe it's in here. Uh, okay. Uh, service is its own reward. When I came into OA, I thought that service gives givers were an elite class of people, and I had to earn my place among them. I also thought service was about giving. Our tools tell us to give what we have so generally has been given. I've discovered that service is for everyone, and everyone has something to contribute. Those who give service stay in a way longer than those who don't. And relative newcomers who take on even a small service come back to meetings. My experience tells me that when I give service, I receive more than I could ever give. When I share my experience, strength, and hope with someone, I often say just what I needed to hear. I have learned skills I would not have today if I had not given service above the group level. I learned to work in a team and to look for what is best for the whole. I learned to speak in front of people and found that I was good at it. I learned to give workshops and facilitate meetings. Through these new skills, I embarked on a new career. Service has taught me more and given me more than I could ever have given. So um, there's all kinds of ways that um, I've grown in the program through service. Being a sponsor, my sponsor said, you've got 30 days of abstinence. You've you've worked the first three steps. You can check off your sponsor, a food sponsor. And I went, what? (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, And she said, yeah do that and I did and I didn't even have a food sponsor I just had her and and um, uh, and I crossed my fingers nobody would call me but somebody called me right away right after the meeting and I um, and it turned out it was an, a long timer in the program who knew exactly what she needed from a sp- food sponsor and she taught me how to be a food sponsor <laughs> it was terrific so um I got a lot about how to practice these principles in all our fairs by doing service at the intergroup level. Um, And um, my character defects come up. (laughs) You know, doing this service with people who are practicing these principles too, and I learn to let go of them, turn them over to my higher power, and um, I'm really grateful for that. Um, I too have been able to, you know, be be a speaker at meetings and stuff in here. Um, I've learned uh, 
I will learn how to do a retreat because I'm doing my first retreat, leading a first retreat this summer, and um, uh, through the service, I've been able to um, take on positions that I don't know how to do because there's people who've done it before me who can show me the way. I'm, I've learned to ask for help. That's been a hard thing. Uh, I was a perfectionist, and, and, and I was told it doesn't count unless you do it yourself. And I've learned that it does count. We, we get it together. We, we do it together. Um, so I've been pushed by this program, and I can't keep it unless I give it away. And there's so many ways that I can give it away. There was a a new uh, person that didn't know about OA and asked about OA, so it was, you know, like brand new newcomer. Um, I talked to yesterday, and it was like I kept thinking, oh, okay, what should I say? And I, my higher power just helped me to say what I needed to say. Um, I don't know if he'll come back or go to meetings, but who knows? Uh, at least uh, I was able to share what I got out of the program, and and he was he liked hearing my story, so that that was good. Um, the uh, there's so many ways to give give to give to the program. Just coming to a meeting and being there, sharing your experience, strength, and hope, or just being there and talking to newcomers or talking to returnees. Um, uh, that's kind of a place I'm focusing these days is about talking to people who are in the in these rooms who are still struggling or people who have come back from relapse and making sure that um, I reach out to them as much as I would reach out to a newcomer because we need each other. Um, uh, of course, sponsoring uh, is a, way, a form of service. Or just making phone calls. Just making a phone call to somebody that's new in the meeting or, or somebody you haven't talked to before. I find that that helps me a lot. Um, and I'm so grateful for my sponsees for calling me because they call me and I might be you know just floundering a little bit and all of a sudden I go oh I got to think in program terms and gets me on track again so I'm really grateful for my sponsees calling me um, and uh, doing the service right from the beginning helped me feel part of I um, I was always feeling like an outsider. I was different than everybody. I was, you know, um, and now I know I'm just like all of you. I'm just one of many who have this disease, and we have this, this solution in the steps, the traditions, and in the concepts. So I'm, I'm grateful to be able to give it all away. Um, I've been pushed into service, and, and um, I'm in my fifth year as trustee, and um, I'll probably have, I think I have two more, and then I have to step down, which is good, because, 
you know, I need to turn it over to somebody else. That rotation of service is a really good thing. And um, and so if any of you are interested in being Region 2 trustee, please talk to me because it's a great service. I've learned so much and grown so much. And um, I don't think that I would have kept so well in the program that I would um, be able to do things like my doctor said I had to change my my plan of eating because of medical things. And I went, oh, no, it's been working for years. Yeah, well, you need to do this now. And I, I am willing to try to change these things. Um, also, as I got older, it was just this year, and I'm, I was surprised. I thought I had jo- dodged that bullet of, you know, not being able to keep the weight off having weight creep back on as I got older. And um, so now I have to adjust my plan of eating a little more. And I'm willing because I've done the service and I know what what the gifts are. So um, I think that's it for me. And uh, I hope that you would want want to share. Well, I don't know if there's any questions in the Astica basket. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, well, if there are any questions in the Astica basket, then I'll, somebody's writing one right now, so I'll wait. Um, and then if you would like to share here, um, you need to sign uh, a, a release form. And you can either do that before or after you speak. It's right here with a pen. And thank you. Okay. Oh, thank you. All right. Uh, how have you adjusted food plan as you age? Um, well, this has just been recent, and what I am doing now is reducing my portion sizes just by a little bit. I think that's all that I need to do, but uh, it, uh, uh, I don't weigh and measure um, my my plan of eating has uh, changed over the years, and um, I have not been perfectly abstinent from compulsive eating all these years, but I, they were slips. I, they were like I found myself overeating something, and I said, okay, that food doesn't work for me. And I didn't continue. I didn't go the next day and the next day. So it was a slip that I learned from, and... Um, but anyway, um, I know how the portions that I have been eating, and I have been cutting them back. Uh, that's mostly what I've been doing in terms of um, adjusting my food plan for age. What are your f- favorite three types of service to others, whether in OA or in other parts of your life? My three favorite. Well, I love being trustee. Um, that has, oh, that that has been a wonderful 
um, gift-giving kind of service for me. There's been a lot of, um, oh, this is supposed to be five minutes, if you want it. Okay. Oh, you are Tommy. Thank you. Um, it's been uh, oh, a wonderful gift. I get to work with um, 16 other trustees that are uh, dedicated to bettering OA. Um, and we have OA meetings at the beginning of each day of our um, board meetings. And it, you know, it's like not all, all of them show up, but it's about like 15 people who all have a lot of abstinence and and uh, dedication to the program. I, it, it's like a great gift. Um, also, I mean, there are personality conflicts, and I learn how to deal with them. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, there's a lot of help there, too. So we're a big team. I love that. Um, um, I am really... I. I was a grief counselor, uh, volunteer with hospice, so I was working with kids and with people who had losses. I loved that service, too. Um, so I, I use that in dealing with friends who have losses um, for many, many, many years now. Um, and um, sponsoring is great. Uh, as I said, it has gifts for me, and it's wonderful to see others grow in the program. And um, one of the things that I ha have to do is I've been, I have taken care of my mother at the end of her life. I um, took care of a friend who had AIDS at the end of his life. Uh, my husband has had some back troubles that had bedridden him, and he had surgery and I've uh, been willing to do that kind of caregiving and take care of myself at the same time. And there's one more um, question I have. How do you handle sponsees that are defiant and want to take and won't take direction and work the steps? Um, if if a, a sponsee is not working with, with me, um, I talk to them and say, uh, this is how I work the program, and if it's not working for you, maybe you need a new sponsor. Um, and it takes as long as it takes for anybody to do the program. So I, I'm willing to, to uh, work with that person, but usually what I do is I say, okay, uh, read this and write on this, and then get back to me. And if they don't get back to me uh, uh, consistently, <laughs> I say, well, okay, they, they're just not my, I just let them go, and they they come back if they need to. So I really have it, you know, it's their program. They initiate what they're going to do, and I can only share my experience, strength, and hope. Okay. So now it's time for you guys to share. Um, the topic is you can't keep it unless you give it away. And you're welcome to speak on anything you need to. And um, please be sure and sign your name on the release form right here. Thanks. You can just line up and go. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Lauren from Ventura. Hi, Lauren. And I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I've got between eight and nine months in the program, and when I was new to the program, uh, for, say, the first month, I would go to a newcomer's meeting in Ventura, and the secretary was always passing around a sheet to sign up for all these positions, you know, service positions, anything from putting out signs to putting out chairs and putting them back. And then there was one that nobody wanted, intergroup representative. Go to the intergroup meeting and listen, participate, I don't know, whatever. Nobody wanted to go because it was 12 miles from town, from the, you know, where we have our newcomers meeting. In Ventura, they like to stay in Ventura. But being an Angelino and knowing that my car goes more than 12 miles, uh, I said, well, um, it doesn't seem like a big deal. And the second time they went around and everybody was like going like this, I thought, well, I work in a company and um, I sit in meetings and I usually don't get very much out of them, but people want somebody to go to this meeting. So all, if, if it's not for me, I guess I can just give it up and you know, tell them I resign from it. But it was great. I was new. I served a six-month term doing that, and it was very rewarding. And um, now they want me to be the chair, and I, I can't do that because I don't want to give up sports. So uh, um, that's why I passed on that. But I said, you know, when I retire from sports when I'm 75, uh, then <laughs> or it doesn't conflict with the time, then I'll do it. So... Uh, yeah, uh, I, I just think there's so many ways to be of service. Just, you know, kind of follow the, the instructions in the big book, um, e- even when it comes to service. And it's, it, it's a book full of truths. That's what I've found out. So thank you for letting me share. Somebody else can come up. I'm just looking for where I sign. So. Hi, I'm Kate, and I'm a compulsive overeater. When I came into program, I thought all this pitching about service was because you had to get people to do the grunge jobs that I was saying no to everywhere else. And it turns out, no. Big Book is really clear about, you know, we, we work the steps or we're turning it over or whatever it is, but especially 10th step is okay, this is what I've done, turning it over, and now I turn my mind to how I can be of service to somebody else. And the, the big book just couldn't be that concerned about getting the grunge stuff done. Well, it turns out not to be grunge stuff. This is a bad neighborhood, a really bad neighborhood up here. And things can be going well, and if I spend too much time up here, things will go badly inside. And so if I'm not thinking about me, the best thing I can do is think about how I can be of service to somebody else. That's always a good place to go. Not because it makes me an authority, not because even you may need me, but because it gets me in the world again. It gets me grounded in the world again. And I, because I have higher power who's really directive, even though I don't know where I'm going, I will learn things I need to learn. And I will be given gifts, endless gifts. I don't understand it, but if I do it, I, again, I get to survive. It's really amazing. The other thing is, uh, you know, how do you balance? Well, if I'm doing something unhealthy, like I'm going to do something for you so you'll be nice to me, it'll get unbalanced right away. But if I'm just showing up as a sponsor or a speaker or I open the door, it always works. Thank you.
Greg, Greg, compulsive eater from Phoenix, Arizona. Thanks, Meg, for your share. Very, very inspirational. I want to address the title of the workshop today, which is you can't keep it unless you give it away. And I was thinking about, well, what is the it part of it for me? I can't keep it unless I give it away. The way I look at the it for me in the program, the beginning of the big book says, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, we have found a solution, a common solution that we can all agree on. For me, that common solution is what I have to give away because that's the it for me. The it is the 12 steps, the common solution. The best way for me to give it away that I have found since being absent five and a half years since working the program five and a half years now is by actually doing what I say I'm going to do. It's actually by taking the actions that I'm instructed to take based on the 12 steps. By definition, I believe, when I do those 12 steps, all of them, I'm actually giving it away automatically as part of the program. All of the program, in my opinion, is for me to get out of myself and to be helpful to others because that's what I believe my higher power wants me to do as part of my program. So if I am practicing the steps in all of my affairs, and I really try to do 12 steps, not 11 and a half, if I practice all 12 steps, my opinion is that I'm actually giving it away right there. And by giving it away, I'm hoping to attract other people who then ask me to sponsor them. The issue I've come up with in sponsorship is that a lot of people, maybe especially guys who mostly I sponsor, like to work maybe every other step or every third step or just one and then go to 12 or do three and then go to seven, whatever. They don't seem to uh, end up with the same result as I have. So I just have to keep doing the same thing. Keep working all 12, not 11 and a half, all 12. Just by doing that, I'm giving it away by nature, by getting me to help other people and see a common solution. That's how I do the you can't keep it unless you give it away. I can't keep this solution that I have found, luckily, unless I give away the common solution by not by what I say standing up here, but by demonstrating these principles in my day-to-day -day life. And not even in the OA rooms or not at work, but at home and in my relationship with my kids, relationships with my wife. I've got to practice the principles in all my affairs, and then you guys can have it if you want. I'll pass. My name is Mary Helen. I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, I'm just here for today, so I have to really show up and be here. And that's part of what I wanted to, um, what I wanted to say about, you know, if you can't 
keep it unless you give it away, and what is it? I think that was a great question. Um, for me, the it that came up really clearly, just because it's the it that's been I've been struggling with, is the kind of excitement and commitment that um, that comes when we're really in the program. You know, really working it, really well connected, going to enough meetings, really working the steps. We've got a sponsor. You know, we're actually calling the sponsor. We're actually meeting with the sponsor. We're we're really in it, and. Um, there's a there's a level of clarity and a level of of sort of excitement and commitment and you know just being you know part of the crowd that um, is just invaluable and it's it's um, longing for that I think that um, that gets us coming to these meetings. And what I keep coming back to is the 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 thing that undermines that for me is showing up at meetings, sitting back. And not really sharing what's current with me, but maybe talking about how well I solved a problem last year, or you know how how I don't know how well something is working in in my program. So I'm I'm showing up at the meeting in body, but it's it's not the fresh, evolving, vulnerable part of me. Um, and I learned that lesson very early on when I, I moved and I, I went back to my home group and said, I don't like the way the meetings are there. They're, they're just, they're, the meetings are stupid. I don't, they're not, they don't do it right. And my sponsor said to me, you know, I think what you need to look at first is not who those people are out there, but what person are you taking to the meetings? So what are you sharing? How, how fresh is it? How meaningful you know, how vulnerable are you being? Although she didn't use that word. That's become much more current now. So um, I keep trying to remember that. And it's it's come up for me now because I've been in the program a long time. And it's easy to go to meetings and just sort of sit back and say, yeah, I know I've heard this before. And, you know, I don't really want to share how I'm stumbling or how I'm struggling with something. But it's only when I do that that I start making connections with people that remind me that, oh, so grateful that I, I come to these 12-step programs. I'm grateful that I'm a compulsive overeater today. Thanks. Almost 30 years ago, someone gave me the opportunity to learn about Overeaters Anonymous and mentioned OA, and I, you know, what would I be without her? What would I be without her? I'd still be out there looking and looking and looking for what's the matter with me. And I feel such an obligation to pass that on when I see somebody, you know, just mention Overeaters Anonymous. I carry tokens in my pocket, and I break them out and say, what's that? Oh, that's my OA token. <laughs> I'm hoping, you know, that I get them and go, but... That, that's why. That's why I give it away. Because God, I owe such a such a such a uh, duty and honor, whatever, to that person who who hooked me up, turned me on. That's it. Um. Uh, 
Okay, I didn't even read this part about three minute shares, stick to the topic. You must sign the release form. <laughs> okay, so those who shared, make sure you sign this reform this form. It's now time to close the session. Let's thank all who have done service for this session. Larissa who did the, the timing and um, all of you who shared too. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. (laughs) Um, Please stand and join hands as we close with uh, the OA promise.